You're not a victim of your circumstance. You're a victim of your inaction and your indecision to do something about what you've been complaining about. How are you a victim? You got two master's degrees. Pick up your bed and walk. How are you a victim? I mean, sitting there with a tight face. How are you a victim with 20 years of experience? And you, I mean, do you not know how great you are? That's the problem. That's the work. Welcome everyone to Money Loves Happy People. I'm your host, Christy Rutherford. And today we're going to be talking about how to leave a toxic job. Buckle up for safety. Put your earbuds in. Turn the volume down just a little bit. Because I can't guarantee whether or not I'm going to be yelling. My goal is to come here and act like I got some sense. But if you've been following me long enough... I can't predict what's going to happen. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get this party started. And if you're in your feelings today, turn it off and then watch the replay. Because a couple of people have asked me to talk about some of the things that's been going on with regards to the Black women in academia and the dean of student affairs who recently committed suicide. But Black women are dying all around the world. But really in the U.S. from preventable medical conditions or suicide. And so it's not just academia where Black women feel like they're under attack. And um, are Black women under attack, really? Mm. We're going to get into that. Okay, y'all ready? Buckle up for safety. It's going to be a great ride. All right. And then let me know at the end if y'all have any questions, if you hang on until the end, because I ain't got my glasses on because I'm trying to be fine over here and I can't see it. So I have three points that I want to make today. Number one, enduring should not be normal. Enduring should not be normal. We shouldn't always have to be enduring. Number two, self-care is selfish. Saving yourself it's selfish. And number three, greater is waiting. So let's get this party popping. Number one, enduring should not be normal. And I really just want to talk about being an enlightened being. Why y'all keep dragging me back to tell my story that I want to not necessarily glaze over, but I think a part of being broken and being broken open and being broke after I had risen to the top, per se, allow me to have the perspective of awakening to the greater part of who I was. Because once you let go of who the world told you that you are, once you let go of the limitations that people have placed on you, once you let go of what other people thought you should be doing, once you let go of what your family thinks of you or judges you for not being, once you let go of all the limitations that man has placed on your beingness, you really find out who you really are. But that only happens when you're in hell. <laughs> Awakening happens at the worst parts of your life, at the lowest of the lowest of the low, low, low. That's when you find out what you're really made of. And so why do we all have to get there to our bottom, to our breaking point before we decide that we can be different or that we deserve something different or that we deserve something greater than where we are right now. And I ain't even starting to talk about the job, y'all. So 
enduring should not be normal. We are taught as women, we are taught as black women, and I think just as a people and as people, because I, I have a lot of white friends, they suffer too. <laughs> they're not allowed to suffer either because they're the, you know, they're the breadwinners of their family. They are the white patriarch and they suffer too. They going through stuff too. They got wildest who are going to leave them too. They got kids that have medical conditions too. And we keep thinking that we're looking at other people and think that they're not suffering. They are. Let me stay on my points, y'all. Let me stay on my points. Okay. We are taught to endure. And that's not fair. We are taught as children to share and, and to endure and suffer silently. If you grew up in an era, depends on how, how mature you are. I ain't going to say older. But, you know, we weren't allowed to cry after getting a whooping. <laughs> Raise it. And if you, I'll let you hear me. I get a whooping, and then you won't give me something to cry about. Like, like you want me to stop crying after I just got a whooping? Granted, I deserved it. Because <laughs> I just beat up one of my siblings because they was messing with me. But you're going to whoop me and then tell me to stop it? After you hurt me? Hurt my feelings? Now I got to like... <laughs> well, you better stop. And you better stop sniffling too. So... <laughs> now, as grown people, we can't cry. Because if we get ready to cry, we can't express ourselves. We can't weep when we're hurt because I'm going to give you something to cry about. We traumatize, y'all. We ain't tell nobody that we suffer it. If you, can't, if you can't show suffering after the loved one just punished you or whatever, if you deserved it or not, it's still the same thing. Enduring should not be normal. We shouldn't have to stay in places that we don't belong. And everybody's like, oh, I'm just reading a lot of stuff on social media. It's crazy. Oh, black women are under attack. No, black women ain't leaving. You, you, you got comfortable. You're playing safe. And I'm not saying that we all, there, there has to be a mass exodus out of corporate America because there are people who will treat you fairly when you act like you have some value. There are companies that see your value. You don't see your value. There are other employers that will triple your salary. I do it all day, every day. This is what we do over here. Double and triple your salary and roll out the red carpet for your intellectual property that you to put on clearance and selling to somebody that's harassing you. So, and you won't leave that job. And, and you get on these memes with these actors and actresses on social media Telling you what you should be doing. They don't have jobs. And y'all are living in this fantasy of what the world should be as opposed to living in what the world is and what your responsibility is to yourself. So there was this lady who had this meme. And I mean, it was sheer. I mean, she probably got, I don't know how much they pay for these reels because I'm, I'm not about the numbers, but it, she had all like these different personalities talking in the mirror about how she had to pump herself up to go to work and, and, and the different things that she had to go through. And everybody's like, oh, my God, that's who I am. And everybody's laughing. She was suffering the craziest H-E-L-L -L in, in the real that she made as a meme of probably what she heard all the women in America, corporate America, complain about all the black women 
And so she created an entertainment piece that everybody resonated with. And ha ha, I feel seen, but you're still crazy. And 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 you're taking advice from a woman who's an actress. But did you do anything about what she just illuminated in your beingness? If you felt seen, what did you change? If you felt seen in your suffering, what did you do besides laugh about it and drink wine about it and get with your suffering raggedy friends and talk about it? What did you do to change your circumstance so you could be greater for yourself and your family? And I normalize enduring. We got together at happy hour all the time to talk about who had the worst week. It was almost like a competition over liquor and fried food on who had the worst week. What a waste of this precious lifetime to wake up on Monday and endure till Friday to drink liquor and eat fried foods and complain about who had the worst week. Now, it's one thing to blame the people for creating hell. It's another thing to look in the mirror and be like, that was stupid. <laughs> I could have laughed. I could have resigned and went somewhere. I got offered jobs all the time, and you know who I am. Uh, no, I ain't leaving. Then what I'm not going to do is let somebody run me out my job. What? That, hey, hello. So we're holding on to a job that's killing us as opposed to leaving and going to be somewhere where we're celebrated and not tolerated and then have the nerve and the goal to blame them for treating us poorly when we have other options but won't exercise the options because we're not going to let them beat us and leave running us out of a raggedy job anyway. Take responsibility for your life because nobody is responsible for saving you. Ain't nobody coming to save you and people are not going to give you permission to save yourself. Which rolls me into point number two. Self-care and saving yourself is selfish. Nobody is going to give a person permission to do the unthinkable, which is go be happy. Especially out here in this market in these streets where jobs are a dime a dozen, lie. <laughs> We're in a limited job market. Laugh. Ain't that many jobs out there. I can't get nothing because I'm in education. Triple lie. One of my educators double her salary working 20 hours a month. Don't tell me what's not possible for women in education. Did it? You just blast yourself into what you got your degrees in. That don't mean they're not valuable in another, it's somewhere else. You haven't taken full accountability for how great you are. Do you know how great you are? <sighs> Do you remember how great you are? Are you aware of how great you are? With your enduring self, with your suffering self, with your crazy self, with two master's degrees and a PhD, waiting for them to do something to save you, they're looking at you like, why don't you save yourself? I did put down the sound barriers to block out because I knew I was going to be yelling. Why didn't they do more? They're looking at you like, why didn't you just leave? You got the education. 
You got the pedigree. You got 20 years of a highly valuable experience that people will pay you for. And you suffering? It is their fault that you don't remember how great you are? And you want them to tell you? They crazy too. They suffering too. And it's not their responsibility to tell you how great you are. That's you. That is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Either you living out the greatness of what you tell yourself or the damnation of the words that you're telling yourself. What are you telling yourself? That's the work. Hey, Chris and Rutherford here. I hope that you are enjoying this podcast as much as we loved putting it together for you to share insight to make your life better. Now, did you get your copy of my resume course, How to Use the Superpower Method to Write an Irresistible Resume to Land You a High-Paying Job? Look, even if you have somebody write your resume for you, how do you know whether or not it sucks? And did you give them the information to be able to write a great resume or did you hope that they were going to spend gold out of something that you gave them that wasn't that good? So get this course, not just to write your own resume, but to be able to provide resume writers with what they need to adequately tell your story so you can get paid the money that you desire and deserve. So go ahead and click on the link on around this video. Get this course, use it, and get paid what you deserve. It's less than $50. I mean, come on, just get the course and use it. See you soon. If you want people to see you greater, how do you see yourself? If you want people, don't, hey, let me tell you something. Let me drink some coffee because I'm getting angry. I started thinking about what I was going to talk about this morning. I had to go to the gym. I still had a headache. I have a headache thinking about what I want to talk about. And one day, y'all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver this. I meditated, burned candles, and since <laughs> One day, I'm going to be able to play a violin in the background and be able to deliver this with no fire. I just, this this act that ain't who I am. Y'all gonna get all the heat. You gonna get the smoke if you don't like to change the channel. Stop talking to me about what they doing to you until you acknowledge what you doing to you. I mean, I get on the women. I, I get on the phone with these chicks. They just want to dump it all on me about what everybody doing to them. I mean, just hey, just just go. I hit boom, go. And they just go. Uh, hey, man, you got to chill out because both of us going to need a drink after this call. I, just, I can't take it. Let's talk about what you're doing to you. You don't work out. You ain't got time to work out. Okay. You're thicker than a snicker and don't want to be because you're eating food. And, and, and okay. Okay. You don't meditate to get your mind right. Okay. You drink liquor. Okay. You eat everything cheesy, greasy, salty, sweet, whatever whatever your snack choice is. Okay. You're, you're a bully to your family because you're stressed out and you're crazy and you're fat and you're tired and you're exhausted and you go to work and you give everything to them and you have nothing for yourself. Okay. Either you're single and rubbing your leg at night because you work 80 hours a week and then you wear a ponytail on the weekends and you just run your areas to, to get prepared for your job again. I did it. 
or, or you come home and 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 your spouse just hears about you complain about your raggedy job and who pissed you off today. They got to listen to that every single day. And you treat your kids like they're in military camp. So tell me again what people are doing to you. Tell me again how they treat you unfairly. Well, you have not done one thing to take control of your own life. You have not done one thing to become the master of your fate and the captain of your soul. You have not done one thing. You have not invested one minute, one dollar into saving yourself and learning how to be better besides reading the book. Read the book is not an action. Y'all walking around with the books on your head. You're not doing the stuff in the book. Stop reading the books. So what are they doing to you? What are you doing to you? I did it. Every, like, I did it, y'all. And what makes me angry and passionate at the same time, which is serious job security for me, Y'all talking about the stuff I did 15, 20 years ago. It's the same thing. Self-destruction. Queen Latifah them rapped about it in the 80s. You're headed for self-destruction. And until I self-destructed, I didn't take advice from nobody. I had to almost die before I started to do the stuff of all the advice that I had given other people that I had not done for myself. <clears throat> we are masters at giving advice away. We ain't doing none of it for ourselves. Have you made yourself somebody else's savior? Have you made yourself so dependable and the person that's there for everybody that you have no time for yourself because you have made yourself their savior. Now you're disconnected for God. You think God has abandoned you. They're unaffiliated with God because they come to you with all their problems. Now both y'all are disconnected. Sis, ma'am, Sir, save yourself. Ain't nobody coming for you. It's not their responsibility. Stop waiting for a policy. Stop waiting for a, a, a DEI policy. Stop waiting for somebody to come in from the outside. Stop waiting for an internal investigation. Stop waiting for your boss to get struck by lightning. And you better save yourself because nobody's going to come for you. They suffering too. Learning how to take care of yourself is a, is a learned skill for high achieving women. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. Now, we know how to take care of everybody else. Masters. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can, we can write books. We have. We can write articles. We can give away the best advice on how everybody should take care of themselves. We ain't doing none of that. And, and we're monitoring their progress. And we're not doing any of it. And then have the nerve to complain about what they're doing to us. Have not taken one piece of ownership to what we're doing to, to us. What are you doing to yourself? Don't tell me what they did. I did it, y'all. I can complain. I can talk about it. We can drink about it. We can cheers about it. And we can laugh about it. We still crazy, suffering, sick, crazy. 
hoping, wishing, enduring to some promised end of security, we dying before we hit the finish line. We collapsing on the last leg, dying or taking our lives on the last leg because we can't take the hell that we created for our lives and we don't know, we, we don't have a way out. So it's, it's, you know, I say it, I said it. I'm gonna say it in public. I ain't said it in public. Y'all probably gonna cup for me. I don't care. The, the, the dean who just killed herself, she could have quit. Now, there's, there's something to that. Work with me. She could have quit. Why didn't she just quit before she killed herself? I mean, a lot of successful people kill themselves. And they, they're not allowed to suffer, right? Miss USA a couple years ago. Jazz Waters, writer for This Is Us, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, right? Like, there are a lot of people who successful, highly successful people who kill themselves. When they could have just quit. Why don't you just quit? So there is a cycle to, to being wounded. And when I left my career with three and a half years, left her retired with full pension, crazy in the two left shoes. It was not a popular decision by anybody. But I knew if I didn't leave, I was going to die. I knew it. You know, we have the, the dean or actually the president of the college a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, died on stage. They rolled her off the stage and kept going with the program. And then a week later, another sister died. Just died. We dying at our jobs. Dying for our jobs. Because we ain't taking care of ourselves. And... And I knew, even with all this stuff that's coming out, because it happens all the time, y'all. This thing, this is not new. This has been happening all the time. But I knew if I didn't quit my job, I was going to die. But I was so close to security forever. So close. I'm coming around the last, you know, if I'm on a 400-meter uh, race, y'all know you got the four 100s. I'm coming around that last corner, y'all. I'm in the last 100. And I just opted out. I just walked off the field. And you watch track and field. Anybody walking off the field when you done ran in a full sprint. Either we're going to walk off, we're going to get carried off dead, or we're going to fall down and collapse and have a mental health condition and take FMLA, or we're going to finish the race. And so everything that I do, I just want to teach y'all how to finish the race. Y'all, we, we don't too much. We don't have to do all this stuff. But when I left, it was not popular. But if I didn't leave, I was going to die. I was going to have a stroke or a heart attack or something. I knew it. But here's the thing about getting into a place of being wounded. When I left, and I ended up in TAPS, which is the military's uh, program that they give us a week, I took this, this survey, and at, it's a stress test. At grain, your um, good. At yellow, you're in trouble. At orange, you're wounded. At orange, you're like incapable of rational thought. This is where we get to mentally where you don't know what the HEL is going on. And, and, and you become homicidal or suicidal. Right? And so I took the test and saw the data 
that I wasn't suicidal. I was going to jump on my boss. I have not admitted this publicly ever in a recording. I probably cut this out of the recorded podcast, but y'all will get it live. I was going to stop a hole in this man. And um, so either I was going to leave in handcuffs or I was going to leave in a wheelchair or I was going to leave in a body bag. And there was no three options for me. And I didn't want my uncle to see me in a newspaper for assaulting somebody with intent to kill. That's why I resigned. I was like, I don't want uncle. Because I'm the one in my family. I'm the first one to graduate in college. One of the first one to graduate in college. One of the first one to make six figures. One of the first one of the first one of the first. So I'm like, you know, I'm the one. And and I'm the the one who came here to break generational patterns, but all this other kind of stuff. And I'm the most successful and all this other kind of stuff. Successful to who, by the way. But I didn't want my uncle to read about me in the paper. So I resigned. And, um, but when you get to that, that place, y'all, mentally, you're incapable of rational thought. And we lean on people that we know to give us advice of what we should do. Nobody's going to give a woman permission to quit their job. Right? And I'm telling people, like, I'm suffering. I'm blanking out of meetings. Um, 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 having panic attacks. Um, it was, it was awful. And nobody heard me. Right? Nobody heard Christy, the suffering human, because they because they only saw the 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 golden idol of who I created in my career. They only saw like the great Christy Rutherford, because I am and I was. Let's be flip. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. If you want to learn how to get a 30% raise this year without getting another degree, go ahead and get my free case study and get this information. Use it. You can go to changenowchristy.com, changenowchristy.com. It's about 30 minutes. Use the insight. Own your value and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. See you soon. So when the suffering soul, when the soul starts to suffer, the human part of who you are, people only see the brand that you created. People don't see the wounded human. They see the brand that you created. I mean, can't Kate Spade, who sold her company, first and last name of an international luxury brand, really tell people that she's suffering? And are they going to listen to her? Can they clearly hear a person who sold her company of what, for over like $600 million? Can she really say, I'm suffering and have somebody have empathy for her? So I'm telling people, I'm suffering. Nobody heard me. Oh, man, that's nothing. Listen to what happened to me. But did you just hear me say? Because let's be clear, y'all. By the time I admitted to myself I was in trouble, I was 90% almost dead. Because I'm taught to endure. And, and high achievers, we got high, high pain tolerance. We don't feel nothing. We've been criticized, ostracized, talked about before we even got a job. So I'm I'm numb. You stab me in the back, I'll be like, did you say something? They had to stab you in the back with a spear. He's like, oh, man, I ain't feel that. I'm built four times. So by the time we admit, my, my the crazy boss, was he was just... A match. My forest had been on fire for 15 years. By the time I acknowledged I'm in trouble, I was I was already on fire. He was just a match, y'all. That was he was just the next a-hole of the lifetime a-holes that I ran into. 
starting in childhood. <laughs> <laughs> the teacher who told me I wouldn't amount too much, right? Like, he was just a match. I didn't know my forest was already on fire. I was already on fire before I realized it. Oh, I said, my God. So, I'm sure the women, before they died or killed themselves, told people that they were suffering. Nobody heard it. Oh, man, that ain't nothing. Listen, what happened to me. I don't know. Did you hear me? Oh, Chris, you should put that in your medical record. I'm blacking out and meeting y'all. Hitting people in the back of the head, screaming, Wu-Tang. I mean, I'm, it's, it's bad. <laughs> just like I'm. I come to in the meeting, I'm still sitting in my chair talking about what in the world? Like, I'm having a whole psychological episodes here. Oh, <laughs> uh, you didn't put that in your medical record, Christy, because you can get paid for that. I'm like, it's too late to do. I told the therapist, I'm going to jump on this man. I hit him in a letter open on his desk when he was screaming in my face. I, hey, I'm blacking out. I came to, been somewhere else. Well, Christy, you can't say that because in therapy, when you're threatening to harm yourself, another person they gotta tell it on you so who's helping me while i'm now telling people i'm in trouble <laughs> now i'm 95 dead nobody nobody heard me now i don't look at my god i've been talking forever are y'all getting some out of this because i feel like i'm just i feel like i'm just pouring my heart out is anybody listening to me because i just so so no <laughs> Well, I'm too like I didn't want to tell the story. I feel like I'm too far in. This is I, like I my back started hurting when I started to think about what I was going to talk about because that SHIT is painful and I don't want to relive it. But apparently, I need to relive it because the God that I was like talk to him. I don't want to talk about it, Lord. <laughs> no, God, I don't want to say it. God was like, you gonna tell him? I said, all right, fine. I started to have physical pain when I started to talk about, think about what I was going to talk about today and what I was going to share. But anyway, me resigning was the most selfish thing I have ever done in my life. And I got called selfish. How dare you resign? Now I'm going to die, y'all. Nope, nobody knows that because we're not telling people that. We're not telling people women suffering for 20, 25 years. Actually, before we even got the job, 40 years. We're not, we're not telling that. We're not telling them that we're having psychological episodes because we're choosing who we tell parts of our story to because we don't want to seem weak because we're successful and nobody cares. So we're not telling them everything. We're not telling them that I'm drinking rum at lunch, talking about putting it in the tall glass instead of the short glass because I got to pray. People talking about you got three and a half years. No, I got, I'm, I'm praying by the hour before somebody get jumped on the stomped on because I ain't no punk. I want to let y'all know. You ain't going to be bullying me without being jumped on. I went to a black college. I'll play that for South Carolina. Okay? Let's be clear. Uh, I ain't no punk. So you ain't going to run up on me when I really effing around and finding out who you messing with. I ain't, I'm, I'm not that one that you're going to yell in the face of and I'm going to walk away crying. No, you're going to get jumped on and stopped on. So. <laughs> Ooh, 
you are about to F around and find out. Don't let the uniform and the smooth taste fool you, baby. I am certifiable. Okay? Let's drink some coffee and reset. <laughs> he ain't know. He ain't know why I was saying. He didn't know. He was going to find out. But here's the thing about effing around and finding out. I wasn't supposed to tell that part. <laughs> I can't take it back. It's out here now. <laughs> Is that had I picked up my bed and walked long ago, had I stopped enduring, had I stopped surviving and started thriving, had I recognized that when people offer me jobs, that they were legit seeing my highly valuable experience and intellectual property and put a higher price tag on it, but I was stuck on security. And I was stuck on fighting for a job that wasn't mine, fighting for a desk that was not mine, fighting for a corner office that was not mine. Right? Had I known that people actually rolled out the red carpet for me because they saw my value that I didn't see. Because I was stuck on enduring and, and I was walking around, you know, just waiting for a fight. That was, that should not have been my reality. And, and it doesn't have to be yours. And we don't have to keep harming ourselves or hurting ourselves, not even before we get to with like the preventable medical conditions, but harming yourself and hurting yourself by not taking care of yourself. Harming yourself and hurting yourself by not being who you want it to be or being who, who you want to be in your family. Because burnout is a sacrifice to everybody. I, I moved in with my brother. Like, that was a sacrifice. He has a grown woman, a grown wounded lioness, by the way, in his house, crazy and wounded. That was a sacrifice. Three and a half years? That was a sacrifice. My family had to sacrifice to, to, to then see the, the winner fall down in a hole in a ditch and, and then be incinerated into ash. That, that did something that did something. You don't have to do that. You can pick up your bed and walk. You need to get around some people who have not attached their destiny to, to, to your suffering. But that was good. Did y'all get that? Stop hanging around people who have attached their destiny to your suffering. They are sucking the life out of you to get ahead. And your ancestors is over there dying. They're going to let you die. And then go suck the blood out of somebody else. And they don't do it. I don't think they do it consciously, but you have made yourself so dependable and so valuable that they don't know what they can do without you. So when I told people I'm leaving, I'm running for my life like Tina Turner ran from Ike in that white suit. I had... My mentors calling me falling. Wait, hold up. 
Why y'all crying? They crying because I'm leaving because they say they fail me. I'm crazy. <laughs> I can't. I can't manage your mourning of a decision that I made for my life. This is not a democracy. I, I mean, I am listening to grown people cry and, and, and they did it because they love me, but nobody understood psychologically. I was dust. I had nothing. I'm, I'm leaving my career, my job and everything that I knew at 16 and a half years. And now I got to manage your suffering around my decision for my life. And I got to make you feel better. How I was, how crazy is that? I got my mentees calling me bawling about what they going to do when I leave. Who going to teach them how to fight? I need you. Wait, hold up. I'm <laughs> I am literally one, not even one click. It was, I don't even know if it was a quarter of a click, one sixteenth of, of a click from crazy and jumping on somebody. Because <laughs> I ain't no punk. And um, I'm going to die. And I was pretty much medically shut down. I had 23 medical conditions. My arthritis came back. And my ears were ringing like it was a train ringing in my ears every day. I had flu-like symptoms every two weeks, uh, you know, for four or five days. Uh, my stomach was acting up. I had anxiety. I got heartburn. Uh, I mean, I'm, I had headaches, blinding headaches where I couldn't see. I told you my ears were ringing, my back hurt. So pretty much physically, I'm a whole hot mess. And um, I was going to, my body is like, I mean, bells, whistles, red flags, white flags. Like my, my arthritis came back. So I got to put uh, stress induced arthritis. I got to put a boot on a brick and a foot that's swollen so big that I can't walk. And, uh, and I'm walking with a lip and, you know, and now I, and I'm crazy and I'm, and I'm mentally like gone. The hero is vanished. My hologram of myself. And I'm acting uncharacteristic. And nobody cared that I was suffering. So what do you do a superwoman? The, 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 the cape that we have, that we've saved everybody, is now choking us out. To about, we about to black out. Or oh, I was blacking out. I was sliding under my desk, having panic attacks every day. You better run for your life. <laughs> hey, and let's be clear. I had money saved. We got money. I was sitting on over $100,000. Suffering in a job while I'm sitting on $100,000? Why? I didn't know I had money. Until I quit. I had no idea. I had no idea how much money I had. Until I said, wait a minute, what? I got money. I don't have to, I'm not going to lose everything. But what I didn't do was I didn't stop. I changed, I turned that money into entrepreneurship and blew through all of it. That's how I ended up in Rebellion South. That's a different story. So let's stay on this. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast so far. 
But what I know that you'll love even more is joining us in our private community. Join us in this private community. Money loves happy people and get live in on-demand insights so you can use this information to live the life that you truly and deserve. Get a raise and a promotion, no problem. Step into your purpose, no problem. Get the relationship that you deserve, no problem. Look, it's never too late to live the life that you deserve. It's never too late to live a life of total fulfillment. You just need information and inspiration to get on the path to living your greater life. So go ahead again, click on the link going around this video, join us in our private community and change your life for the best. Take care. See you soon. All right. Last point. I wrote about it. I wrote, I wrote nine books. Um, I've actually written 16. But I've only published nine. But one of them, in particular, Champions Never Tell, talks about sisters surviving storms in the workplace. Get Champions Never Tell. You're in a toxic job. You want to, uh, it's, it's women who have survived H-E-L-L in the workplace. And then we just wrote a book of what we would have did differently on the other side of it. So I do want to read an excerpt out of my book, Trauma Default. I got to put my glasses on. I like these glasses. I always keep, I can actually see myself when I put them on. So this is my latest book, Trauma Default. Get a clear vision of your future by breaking the trauma cycle of your past. It is the greatest book of all time. Okay, you on your treadmill listening right. Y'all ready? <clears throat> Answering the call to be greater. Greater is calling. So, before I read this, there are two truths that are going on right now. There, there, there are two sides to the story. Yes, it's true my boss was harassing me. But it's also true that I hated my life anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to fight y'all to stay in a job that I love. By the way, I love my career. Let's be clear. I loved it. I just didn't like all the pettiness that came along with it. But I'm going to, I didn't, I wasn't happy anyway. So I'm going to fight you to stay in a job that I love that I suffered in greatly to live a life that I wasn't that happy with anyway. That's, that's true. I wasn't that happy anyway. Yes, I was harassed, but I was miserable anyway. Yes, I was, I was harassed at work, but yes, I hated my life anyway because I wasn't living the fullness of who I was meant to be. The second part is I came here to break generational patterns for my family, create generational wealth, point blank period. We, we're all the one. If you're still listening, you're the one for your family which is typically who I resonate with. We're, we're the ones. We're the ones who are dependable. We're the ones that came here. We're the ones who are run through walls, will smash glass ceilings, all these other kind of things. So I, I, was, I came here to create generational wealth for my family. But I got stuck in a job on security. So by spirit, if I came here to create generational wealth, the physical being chose a job with security and a pension. That ain't matching. That ain't... That ain't matching. So it's true. Which one is which one is true in the story? Am, am I a victim? Right? Am I am I a victim? How am I a victim if I left my career to now create generational wealth for my family? But they ran me out of my pension. But had I got the pension, I would have been secure. My family would have been secure. But generations. I, I would have been secure. Not having the pension is what made me get up off it. 
because I ain't have that blanket to snuggle up in. I, I better go make this money somehow. I had to rediscover and actually remember who I was before life rolled me over the coals. So it's true I was harassed, but it's also true I hated my life anyway. It's true that I resigned with three and a half years left to retire with a full pension. It's also true that I came here to create generational wealth and I couldn't do that with a pension. So I want y'all to get clear on the polarities that you have on your life and in your life and start telling the truth about what's going on. It's true that I was harassed, but it's true I was out of position because I, I love my job, but I ain't belong after a while. I couldn't flourish in who I was. I had to keep pretending and conforming and do all this other kind of stuff to fit into an organization that I, I was just out of position. And there is no greater, higher, better. It's just different. I, I just, my soul wanted something different. I didn't want to be shoved into a box anymore, but I did it for a guaranteed end. That was going to create my end. So a lot of y'all suffocating in jobs that y'all don't belong in anyway. You suffocating in a job where you don't belong anyway. You out of position with your soul's calling and who God called you to be. Not who your job made you or, or, you know, who you think you are based on your position. You out of position. All right. Trauma default. This is good, y'all. Y'all ready? Oh, where would the world be right now if every wounded person heeded the call of their suffering soul that is calling them to come back home to heal? Calling them from spending useless time on social media, longing to connect with others when they really want to connect with themselves. One person connected with themselves is a greater, or one person connected with themselves is greater in power, peace, and prosperity than 20 million followers on Instagram. Bet all your chips on that. When you get reacquainted with who you are meant to be and who you truly are, anxiety, anguish, and depression will be annihilated. Disease cannot exist in the body of a truly enlightened being. Can your children, spouse, or partner fully connect with you when you are not connected with yourself? Choose to seek peace from within to create harmony in your home. How can you be connected with other people if you're not connected with yourself? Choose to do this work for yourself so you can be better for others. When you become a better person, you will become a greater mom, dad, daughter, son, brother, sister, cousin, leader, etc. Everything starts with you. Cleanse yourself from the inside. Change yourself from the inside. Change your circumstances from the inside. Seek inner peace, inner health, and inner healing, and all of your circumstances outside will change. Many people try to change by buying bigger houses. They think that buying a new car will make them feel happier or getting married will make them happier. Seek ye first the kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. Since childhood, you have been sold a lot that if you were married and lived in a big house with a picket fence and a nice car that you would be happy. Now here you are with this big job that's stressing you out, working too much to spend time with your family so you can afford the big house and the fancy car and you're miserable and unhappy. If you are a miserable, broken, single, you'll be miserable, rich, and married. Money only magnifies who you are. If you're a giver when you're broke, you will give when you're rich. If you're stingy broke, you will be stingy when you're rich. Right? So typically awakening happens at some trauma point. Are you going to perish or are you going to rise? And when I think about taking responsibility for my quote-unquote downfall and then rise, like, I did that. My soul did that. 
my inner being, my spirit collapsed all of it, smashed all of it into the <laughs> That was me. It is true that I was harassed and people let me down and the newly appointed DEI guy who I knew personally was like, I can't help you, right? Like, it's, it's true that the leaders turned on me and said it was me. I was the one that was doing all this stuff when he was a known psychopath, my boss was. Like, it's true that this man harassed four women. I resigned for senior women. Uh, one lady went to AA. She had to retire. Another lady got, got retired. These are all senior. We're all senior women. He destroyed four senior women. It ain't that many of us. Before they made him retire with a full pension, he got everything. And 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 um, and and I ain't gonna say we they were destroyed. That wasn't so. But I was the one who was judged harshly for leaving. I knew. I saw. I was like, this thing gonna play out. I quit. Y'all ain't gonna do nothing. Y'all not gonna manage this. So people always say. Um, you know, uh, um, what do they say? People don't leave good jobs. They leave bad managers. No, a job that holds a bad manager is a bad job. Y'all got to stop pointing at the person. And if you understood and took responsibility for your gifts and your value in the market, you, you won't stay for that. You won't put up with that. You'll pick up your bed and you'll walk. But greater is waiting for you anyway. What untapped, unmonetized intellectual property are you holding on to? What projects are you building for your company and you're not building them for your company? You're waiting, you're working 80 hours a week, building everything for that company. And you ain't got time for your dreams and what you're passionate about. You're giving them everything and you ain't leaving nothing for yourself and your family. We can't keep blaming people for what they're doing to us until we're willing to acknowledge what we're doing to ourselves. And it's interesting because I don't talk to a lot of people in my previous career because they keep bringing them old-ish. <laughs> they still judge my decision to leave harshly. That was like 13 years ago. What are you talking about? 11 years ago. But me quitting, they're disgusting. To this day, it don't matter what I do, what I achieve, and I don't care because I'm not necessarily trying to prove them wrong, but it's like, it don't matter what, it's still, uh, in their mind, stupid for me to leave my money on the table. They don't, they don't care. It's not going to be popular back to number one. It's like, you leaving ain't going to be popular to nobody. <laughs> They still judge it. They still talk about a pension. I don't know if this is going to be a flex, but I'm going to say it. You still talking about what I would have, the pension that I left on the table, an annual pension, I made that this week. Because I shifted from a job to my calling. I shifted from a check to provision. You can't run down provision, baby. You can't outrun provision. Because when you get into alignment with your assignment and who God called you to be, doors will open for you that no man can shut. So don't be judging me harshly about the money I left on the table. When I make that, made that this week. 
even it taking me a year to get it in my brokenness and in my crazy, but I can get that whole sharing who I am and what I do and being passionate about what I do this week. <sighs> okay. Y'all ready? Okay. I just had to get that out. I don't want to hear it. But is it easier for me to talk to them and change their mind and try to convince them that I made the right decision? Or is it just easier for me for, to, 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 to be acquainted with other people who are going to breathe life to my dreams? It's the same time. I'm not going to have these conversations. Exactly. I'm, I'm not. I just don't have time to have these conversations. So we're no longer acquainted. And that's okay. So my four points that I want to make before I get out of here. Y'all let me know if you have any questions. There are a lot of women who say, when stuff happens, y'all ain't going to like this, but it's going to be all right. Your, your, your black women employees are not okay today. Black women are not okay. No, sis, you ain't okay. Don't make your trauma my spokesperson. Your, your, your trauma and your brokenness is not my spokesperson. Don't be out here telling people I'm not okay. No, I'm great. Even on the beach, you're not okay because you haven't done anything about your brokenness. Besides, have commonality and common conversations with people who have chosen to suffer in their circumstances and not do anything about it. Stop it. Stop telling people we're not okay. You're not okay. And go do something about it and get off social media. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. Do you want to learn how to ask for and get a 30% raise without getting another degree? Look, black women are the most educated and the least paid. That should tell you that that math is not mathing. The degree is not the path to the next level. It's actually learning how to articulate the value and take credit for the work that you've already done. So I want to invite you to get my brief case study at changenowatfirsty.com. Just get the information, use it, and take the money out of the hands of your employers and put it into your household because you already deserve it. You just have to know how to ask for it. Again, changenowatfirsty.com. I can't wait you to get this insight, use it, and get the money that you deserve. Take care. Number two, <laughs> you're not a victim of your circumstance. You're a victim of your inaction and your indecision to do something about what you've been complaining about. Uh, I mean, how are you a victim? You got two master's degrees. Pick up your bed and walk. How are you a victim? I mean, sitting there with a tight face. How are you a victim with 20 years of experience? And, and you want, I mean, do you not know how great you are? That's the problem. That's the work. If you have made money more important than your mental health, you are in trouble. I mean, I talk to women all the time. They, I'm. You can hold on to that money and you can die with it. Your family going to disperse it. And they're they going to cry for a little bit. Uh, but they're going to spend your money. What, what good is your money if you dead? We have money. I had money. Why am I suffering and enduring, y'all? I was sitting on $100,000. Why? You got to put up with that. I quit. 
And by the time I said I quit, it was five weeks. I was done. Now, let me tell y'all this backstory. Y'all, are y'all, I'm talking too much. But I'm going to tell y'all this. So what, the last straw with me and my boss, I wrote about it in the book, Sabbath Success. That's the book I never talk about. We were sitting in the meeting, and he was sitting there yelling in my face. I'm telling y'all, I ain't no punk. And I couldn't take it no more. So uh, what happened was, I said, you want to sit here and tell me what people said about me? Let me tell you what people said about you. I let him have it. Do you hear me? For like 15 minutes. Stop a whole, I mean, about to jump on this dude. And he was a big guy. I let him have it. I mean, you don't do that in the military. You don't do that to your senior leader. You don't do that to the CEO of the company. You don't jump in his face and be telling. And by the time I got done, because I'm at three and a half years to left to retire with a full pension. So I'm, I su- I'm supposed to sit there and take it. That's what punks do. No, I ain't no punk. I'm with the South Carolina State. I'm from South Carolina. I'm going to jump on you. So uh, so when he effed around and found out who I was, I said, I quit. Because <laughs> ain't no way I'd come back from this. I'd have gone too far. And he said, oh, wait, hold up, hold up. Now you're going too far, Christy. Like, that ain't, let's just talk about it. Hold up. Like, wait, you ain't supposed to quit. (laughs) No, wait. I think that we both said things that we don't mean. I said, oh, no, I meant all of it. (laughs) Oh, no, I meant everything that I just said to you. Everything, all of it. So bullies are going to bully. They ain't going to do what you let them do. You don't have to sit there and take that mess. Quit. You got money. Get another job before you, before you forget who you are. I, I said, I quit. I was gone. We never spoke again. It was weird. It was uncomfortable because I'm the great Chrissy Rutherford. But I'm, I mean, I, I just, I, I couldn't take it no more. Right. And so don't die waiting for a policy to come save you. Don't die waiting for them to change. Don't die waiting for the cavalry to come. Don't die waiting for them to, to, to make a decision to save you. And when I said I quit, all the people that told me what couldn't happen was like, what can we do to keep you? I said, sign my MF and paperwork and make it fast. Expedited, actually. Because I'm done. Don't Die waiting for people to save you. Don't die with 100 days of vacation. Don't die with $100,000 or more in the bank. And and don't wait until you get into, I mean, a mental state. I was there, y'all, where you're incapable of rational thought before you start to ask people what you should do. My family did not, I mean, they was, you know, I I didn't come home for a while because nobody supported that decision for me to leave. Nobody. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And only after, I would say in the past couple of years, now they understand because I can now say it with clarity and with power, not being no weak, complaining punk. I was suffering. And they'd be like, I had no idea. So you're, you're, you're asking people to support a decision. They don't know the whole story. Only you know how much you're suffering. Only you know how much torment you have. Stop making the decisions that you make for your life a democracy, and then you're dying. Or you fall apart completely mentally, and then you claim another medical condition, 
And then you want somebody to feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you. Because I never felt sorry for myself. So the three points that I made today. Enduring should not be normal. We should be over here enduring, y'all. You don't have to. Do you know who? Do you know who you are? Do you remember how great you are? Why are you enduring? Why? Pick up your bed and walk. Self-care and saving yourself is the most selfish thing you will ever do in your life. Learn how to be selfish. Learn how to be selfish and run for your life. Woo! Number three, rank is waiting. Your soul is calling you to be greater. You over there playing small in a raggedy job. When you came forth to be great, it takes courage to be great. And you bet not quit your good job for entrepreneurship because that's how I lost everything. <laughs> you better work yourself out that job. That's how I collapsed mentally and ended up at my brother's house drinking liquor for three and a half years. Uh-oh, baby. Had I did what I'm, what I'm telling you to do and what I always share and what I always talk about over and over and over and over and over again. You can watch my stuff. It's high in these streets. Learn how to take care of yourself, make yourself a priority first, and then work yourself out of your job. And if you're already out your job, work on your mental health uh, because once that goes, your capacity to make money follows that very quickly. And, um, and that ain't the road that you want to travel. So I hope that y'all have enjoyed this. Y'all can subscribe to my channel, YouTube, iTunes. We share this information every week. But I really just, um, I don't even know if I got on the topic, how to leave a toxic job. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to title this something different. But you, you can leave at peace. You can leave in harmony. And you can leave in joy. But it all has to start with you. It all has to start with you remembering how great you are, remembering who you are, remembering why you're here. And, and it has to be you. We can't be out here talking about what other people should be doing to save us. Ain't nobody coming to get you. Ain't nobody going to throw no life ring and hit you in the head. You got to save yourself. We can't be having whole forums to talk about black women are under attack. No, we're not under attack. People been, people been, people in, life been lifing. Circumstances have been circumstances. But Amber, what has diminished is our ability to be able to manage it because we're not, we're not taking care of ourselves. We're too busy talking about what they're doing to us. We ain't looking at what we're doing to ourselves. We're too busy talking about what they should be doing for us. We're not looking at what we should be doing for ourselves. We're too busy giving advice that we're not taking. We're too busy serving people that we have nothing for ourselves. We're too busy working 80 hours a week to prove people wrong that we forgot like why we even here. So I want you to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror about how you're creating circumstances for your life before you end up burning out, losing all your money, living on your brother's couch for three and a half years, drinking Little Caesars, drinking liquor, and eating Little Caesars pizza like I did. I had three and a half years to think about the things that I did wrong. Now, I'm not saying that what people did was not true. That was true. But I owned 90% of it, and I chose to do nothing. Don't be like me. That's not the path that I think that you should follow. We don't have to die or kill ourselves to get out of the hell that we created for ourselves. All we got to do is just pick up our bed and walk and know that it's not going to be easy. You're going to be talked about, but on the other side, people will understand. And it ain't your job to make them understand 
the decision that you make for your life. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to tell people. You don't have to ask for permission. People will fight to keep you in hell right with them. People will fight to keep you on fire right beside them because at least y'all got that in common. Give yourself permission to go out and be free. Give yourself permission to go out and be whole. Give yourself permission to go out and be happy. And then let that speak for yourself. With that, y'all, take care. God bless.